talking about we're talking about coffee here um, <laughs> on Jesus Side <laughs> Podcast. It is a sin. It is. Uh, it, it is a sin to not have something in your coffee. Brendan is Brendan is talking about. Uh, I hit the record button, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Well, here, let me <laughs> let me get a good slurp in there. Then. Oh uh, man, Brendan has decided today to um, to drink um, his coffee as. As the Lord intended. No, Ugh. black, <laughs> black without any I, without any uh, accoutrements. I tell you, dear listeners, it is for functionality and not necessarily preference. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, hello, folks. This is Ron Longwell, and I'm glad you're here today for another edition of the Jesus Society podcast, a conversation exploring relationship, renewal, and purpose in the kingdom of God. Uh, this is episode 37 of the Jesus Society podcast, and we are. Um, we are talking about um, we are talking about um, the chosen yes. the miniseries, the chosen, and this is uh, today we're going to be talking about episode four. Is that right? Is this episode four? four? Yeah. Um, it's the the title of the episode is called "The Rock on Which It Is Built," and it is I think it's is excellent. There's a boy. There's some powerful stuff in this. Yes. In this thing in the episode and out of the episode in, in, in the episode and out of the episode I think this is something um, that touches all of us mm-hmm. Or uh, mm-hmm. and so we're here with our uh, Brendan Taylor is here with me hello hello and that's we, that's me everyone yes the uh, black coffee drinking Brendan Taylor uh. <laughs> and uh, I will so, say, I will say this it does go down a lot smoother like there's no uh, what? as in there's no there's no uh, lactose residue, or there's no sweetener residue that remains on the tongue. It's pure. It's is, a, is what you're saying. What I hear you saying is that it's pure. It's like acetone. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever drank acetone, Ron. I've let, never. Let me tell you. I've never. I've never had the occasion to drink acetone. Speaking from experience, it is. It is quite the trip. <laughs> okay. Ooh, well, buddy. moving on. <laughs> So um, when episode when episode four opens, um, Simon is uh, in a boat uh, on the Sea of Galilee mm-hmm. um, with the Romans. Um, he's he's giving them instructions and and um, and the opening scene he he's they're moving along slowly and quietly in the dark, and um, Peter reaches out and he or Simon he hasn't he's not Peter yeah, he's yet. not Peter yet not <laughs> Peter yet I keep I keep calling him Peter though yeah yeah. Um, so he reaches out in the water and he picks up a, a bobber, mm-hmm. a net bobber, and he studies it. And you can sit, you can tell the wheels are turning in his head. And then, and then Simon calls out to the Romans who are steering the boat, hard to port. He says, "Well, they they turn the boat and they run a, run aground on a on a sandbar." So this episode is about Simon, yeah, and his character. And now you remember, up to this point, he's made a deal with the Romans to uh, turn in his fellow Jews who are fishing on Shabbat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So so how would you, Brendan, how would you describe um, Peter's life situation uh, up to this point? Like what what kind of guy is he? What, what's, what's his, uh, like how does he handle life? Well, uh, he, is, he is very confrontational. He is very, uh, maybe maybe not even confrontational in the direct way but he is very uh very much of a schemer 
He's he's trying to he's trying to get his hustle on. He's trying to make ends meet by whatever means necessary, uh, even if it means getting punched in the face by your brother-in-law, by your brothers-in-law, as we saw in the I think the first episode. First episode. I yes. Think. As so yeah. as 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 we've already seen early on, uh, he is he is very uh, boisterous. He is very. Uh, Again, not confrontational in the direct way, but he he tries to get things done uh, by coming around the side and being sneaky and uh, almost almost being, well, in some cases, yeah, being somewhat deceptive. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, and, and and he's uh, Peter is under a lot of Simon. Simon is under <laughs> Simon is under a lot of pressure. I, I think we'll know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know, but I know, but, but yeah. I, I'm trying to be consistent. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So and he's under an awful lot of pressure. He's he has got the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's in a bad tax situation. Yeah. The the Jewish version, the Jewish Roman version of the IRS is is on him hard. Mm-hmm. And he's he's sort of desperate and and so his strategy for for trying to deal with all this he's a schemer. Um he's very self-reliant. He's um he's trying to figure out a way to handle this. Very natural human response, yeah. To when we feel desperate and and at our wits' end and at the end of our rope. If uh, if anyone's seen the musical Hamilton, then you could say that Simon is young, scrapping, and hungry. Okay, if, I, I have not seen. Hamilton. Oh, Ron. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, if any listeners have seen it, then you know what I mean. Yes, I'm so- sure loads of people have seen it because it's very popular. <laughs> there there yeah. you go. Yes. Um, I have not seen it, and um, I, I, I've heard that. It, all right, <laughs> we don't have to talk about this if you don't want. To. Okay, okay. Let's, just not, let's just not talk about it. Yeah, no. okay. we'll, we'll save it for after the recording. <laughs> okay, so so Simon, you know, he, like he is trying to fix this problem. He is doing everything in his power to fix his pro- this problem in and that's his power. that's the tr- that's the key phrase oh. in his power oh, man. he is using his own power to fix this okay but when he's out on the water in this just little opening scene he just can't seem to pull the trigger on this on this plan that he's cooked up he he, he cannot bring himself to turn in his fellow Jews to the Romans yeah so so the next scene we see we see Simon on on shore Right, they've they've um, they've come back to shore. Um, Simon hasn't fulfilled his promise to the Romans to turn in turn in anybody, and the Romans are starting to smell a rat mm-hmm. in all this. Um, and so the the head Roman, when they get on shore, he puts a sword to Simon's ear and he cuts it. Uh, Simon will later say that he cut off a piece of of his ear. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the old Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue, right? He came up with a knife and cut off a piece of my ear. There you go. Yeah. There you anyway, go. Um, we, we go everywhere when we're, when we're doing this, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but but I, I think there's a little foreshadowing there, right? Oh, I think so too. Right? Because um, yeah. later on in the Gospels, Simon Peter will be the one who cuts off um, the sword of uh, the ear of the high priest's servant. Uh, his name is Malchus when they come to arrest Jesus in the garden. So I think there's some a little bit of foreshadowing here. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the Roman here on the shore tells, tells uh, Simon that he's going to hold off Quintus, the Roman praetor, 
for a week, but that's all he can do. So Simon is now angry and he's desperate. But we've got a with that with that comment, we've got a we've got a clock ticking now, right? Yeah. We yeah. we know that we have a week. Okay, Simon knows that he only has a week left in this in this deal, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is an interesting dramatic thing to put a put a time yeah element where the mm-hmm. where the clock is ticking down and and things get more and more desperate and they and they do throughout this episode things get more and more desperate as that clock is you know tick 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 ticking down mm-hmm. so you you have something to say you look like you have something to say well I, I was gonna say uh, with with the time being now expressed it it builds anticipation which which is what you already said so. yeah yeah you yeah. said it better yeah it, it like it like it builds it builds anticipation not only in character and the character of Simon but also in us as the audience as we're as we're engaging with this story right 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 so. yeah so so the next the next scene Simon is in the bar and um, sitting around a table with James and John and their father Zebedee mm-hmm they were the ones that Simon was going to turn in yeah. to the Romans. Because it, uh, it was Zebedee's personal bobber, or one of his bobbers, that he found in... That he picked up out of the water. In the water, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Simon fesses up here, tells him, tells Zebedee and, and the boys about his deal with the Romans, uh, the deal that almost got them arrested. Well, naturally, they're, they're upset, um, Simon tells him he didn't turn him in, even though he knew exactly where they were and how many boats they had out. Mm-hmm. And of course, Simon, the schemer, ever the schemer, has got a plan to get out, to, to get out of this. He, he's determined now he's not going to turn in his fellow Jews, but he still has, he's got an obligation to Quintus. So how's he going to solve that problem? And he's got, an, he's got a plan. His, his plan is he asks Zebedee to turn in his catch. And I'm a little unclear about exactly what how. Well, I, I think he meant to. Uh, Simon was asking Zebedee for Zebedee to give Simon his catch so that he yes. could then turn it in as his own catch. Mm. I, th- I, th- I think I that's know. how I read they, that. They were there were little. There's some details about that that I didn't. I didn't yeah. wasn't totally clear on. Gotcha. But I think his idea is okay. You you turn in your catch. I'll give it to Quintus. I'll tell Quintus this is from some people fishing in Shabbat and it's not going to happen anymore. And yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's a way to try to uh, not not placate, but I, yeah, maybe but play, diffuse if, or or does um, what, what's the word I'm trying to say the, the, to d- dissolve the situation, dissolve, to, quench, yeah, 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 put, put the kibosh on to put the kibosh on the you, on the situation. Yeah, there you go. Um, so he he's got this plan cooked up. This is how it's going going to work. He tells. Um, tells Zebedee that Zebedee finally admits, okay, we owe you a great debt for not turning us in. But he says, I can't, I can't repay you by stealing food from my my family's mouths. So I can't give you the catch. Mm -hmm. So Simon's still in a desperate thing, right? Like Zebedee's not going to help him fix this. Yeah. Okay. Um, So the next, um, the next little scene um, Matthew goes in to see Quintus, um, and he says, um, he walks in and, and Quintus is eating, I forget what he's eating, he's eating like an olive or a, or a, you know, some, yeah, some kind of, some fruit or something. Yeah. 
and and he and he and he says that he Quintus is in love with the produce that comes from out of the land in, in Israel. Like things grow really well. Yeah. And he says, <laughs> he says, you know, everything grows well here except the people. Yeah. He's, and then he says this, this is like, Quintus is a pagan Roman, right? He's not, mm-hmm. he's not a Jew, but he's got, he's got such insight into this. He says, you people worship one God and yet you're all divided. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then he goes on to say, "Well, uh, well hang on, oh, hang okay, on a minute. Okay. Yeah, I want to mind that just a little bit. Gotcha. Like, like that's the like even Quintus the Roman can see that if you all worship one God, you, there should be unity, mm-hmm. right? Should be, should be. But is that not the like? Do we not see the same thing today? Yeah. Do we not? You know, how many how many brands of Christian are there in the world? And we have spent." A lot of time, at least. So we live in the South, and um, we have a uh, we have a background in Churches of Christ. And for the last fifty years, Churches of Christ have have been have fought battles with the Baptists. Yeah. Even though on ninety eight percent of the things we we perfectly agree, mm-hmm. right? But but we've gone to war with the Baptists and the Methodists. And but by golly, you and, bring up instruments. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> them's yeah. fighting words. Right, right, right. So, so we we worship the same God, and yet we are at war with people with who, each other with each other. Yeah, who worship the same God, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm not saying everybody's right. Okay, I'm not saying if, I'm saying this mostly for Church of Christ people who are going to hear this and say, <gasps> you know, um. I'm not saying everybody's right. I'm not even saying we're always right. Yeah. But the point is, if we're all following the same God, we ought to all be getting closer to him. And that ought, ought to just, you know, if, we get cl- if we're all getting closer to Jesus, we ought to all be getting closer to each other. Yeah. Right? So, so Quintus sees that, mm-hmm. right? Even among the Jews, that you, you're, you're, you worship the same God, but you're all divided. Um, so Quintus gives Matthew an assignment, right? Yeah. What's his assignment? His assignment is to follow Simon. Follow, not only follow, but also write down the things that he sees Simon doing. Anything that he thinks Simon is... The, anything that Simon does is either uh, weird or out of place or you know maybe duplicitous or, you know, again, young, scrappy, and hungry, which is pretty much everything Simon does. So, he, so Quintus tells Matthew, hey, follow this guy around. Keep tabs on him, and yeah, where he goes, who he sees, who mm-hmm. he talks to, you know, pretty much everything. Yeah, write it all down. Write it all down. And Matthew's response is that's that may be difficult. Yeah, because he doesn't he can't move in the same circles that Simon can because he says he says he's hated. He says everyone hates tax collectors. Right, <laughs> everyone hates us because we're Romans, and and then he says. Uh, like the guard, the guard that's also in the room, he's he's about to draw a sword, and then Matthew says, "Well, you all were born Romans. I chose to be a Roman." Yeah, and that's that. Oh, that's a. I think that's a powerful spot. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um. So so then we then we move to it. There's another scene, and this is kind of a subplot in this. Like the, the main theme in all in this episode is Simon, and his yes. con- conundrum, 
and and his increasing desperation. That's the main thread through all this. Mm-hmm. But there's a little sub theme that's kind of playing out, and it's it's Nicodemus, um, the Nicodemus story, um, coming to to moving to toward fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been seeing Nicodemus, the Nicodemus story, develop in the last several episodes. So. He he. We see this this scene. Nicodemus is standing around talking with some of his students, the other rabbis, or I guess rabbis, and they're talking about John the Baptizer mm-hmm. uh, and his message. And so this is a little subplot here. And Nicodemus, um, they're telling Nicodemus about John the Baptizer and his message and his preaching and and you know all that's going on, which we can read about in the Gospels. Right. Right. And Nicodemus asks them what his message was. You know, was he advocating rabbinic law? Was he repudiating rabbinic law? Was he advocating violence? Um, and and Shemuel says that the worst part of John the Baptist is that he called the religious leaders snakes. Mm-hmm. And he says, what could be worse, worse than that? You know, I don't like Shemuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, I don't think we're supposed to. I don't think we're supposed to either. Yeah, yeah. Especially with how he grows toward the end of this season. Yes. How in, well, it may not grows, but the direction that his character takes. Right. At the, by the end right. of the season. And, and the, he and Nicodemus are going to get in increasingly kind of at odds with each other over mm-hmm. this. Well... So he reports to Nicodemus that John the Baptizer um, told the tax collectors not to extort money. Now you'd think for a Jew that would be good news, right? Yeah. Um, but he but he asked Nicodemus, well, what can be done about him, Rabbi? Can we can we bring him to answer to the Sanhedrin? Uh, Nicodemus thinks he's heard of this guy before, and he says, if it's who I think it is, he he doesn't answer to the Sanhedrin. Yeah. And and then Nicodemus asks an interesting question. He says, well, does he perform miracles? Shemuel doesn't know, and then Nicodemus adjourns the meeting. Okay, yeah. so we're and we'll we'll we will come back to that part of the story. Yeah, um, a little bit later. That's right, we will. Yes, because <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come back. So so we're back to Simon now. Simon comes into his house. Um, Eden, his wife, is there, and Eden's brothers are there. The same brothers that he has fought with in the past. Mm-hmm. But but when he comes in this time, his brother the brothers are being really nice, yeah, and really kind, and and Simon finds that sort of fishy. Like his mm-hmm. his radar is going off, like something's amiss here. Yeah, that's right. If these guys are being nice to me, something is squirrely. Yeah. Right? So what what's the what's going on? Well, Ema, Eden's mother, and the the brother's mother. I, I, do we ever know the our brothers' names? I forget. Oh, I think I think they mentioned it. I don't remember what they are. Yeah, I, I can't remember either. Either way, their mother, who is known as uh, Ema, that's kind of like a that's the that's the Jewish word for mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My uh, e- my Ema, or, yeah. or my mother. Yes, Ema has fallen ill, mm-hmm. and she is. Uh, I think Eden describes it as uh, she goes into fits of coughing. Uh, Almost every minute, so, yeah, or every like every few minutes or so, yeah. And she she's weak. She has no strength, and and Simon's getting ready to say, well, well, that's good. If you need to go take care of her, you can go take care of her. And then we hear Ema coughing in the background. That's why the brothers are there because they have brought Ema to Simon and Eden's home so that right so that she can be cared for there. Right. And then that that sets Simon off. Yeah, on a new rail. 
Yeah. You know, he's so so why? Why is why is Simon upset about this? Oh, because it's a it's another stressor. It's uh he's yeah. he's already got Quintus on his back. Uh he's got he's now got that timeline of a week, uh which uh which is getting closer and closer as the as time goes on. Uh and now having to uh, have another mouth to feed in the house. Have it, uh, have another uh, person to care for, who who again he really can't do much for herself because she's sick. Uh, you know it's it's a it's a new stressor right. on, the, on the situation. Yeah, and to be clear, it's it's not that it's not that Peter doesn't like his mother in law. He he loves her. He right. sa- he says he loves her. Yeah, yeah. But it but it's 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 another it's another thing. It's another mm-hmm. it's another responsibility in for someone who is. Um, uh, over tr- stressed, I almost said overtaxed, but that would be, that would be a pun. That would be a pun. Yeah. Um, and, and so he's, so Peter kind of blows his, his gasket a little bit. Mm-hmm. Simon does. Um, Wait, who does? Simon. Okay. It's Simon. Simon. Yes. <laughs> and they start, everybody starts yelling at each other until mm-hmm. Eden sort of screams and stops it. Eden, Eden, again, Simon's wife. She she commands the room. She does <laughs> when uh, when the when the boys she get does. to fighting. Yeah, she yeah. Com- she commands the room. Yeah. So Simon kicks the brothers out, mm-hmm. and then he sits down with Eden and he fesses up. You, you know, he like he can't hide this. He's been sort of shuffling around and giving her excuses and stuff, but he can't. Like he's got to he's got to fess up at this point. So he tells her that he has been fishing on Shabbat because he's got no choice. His he has this massive tax debt, and he's in trouble. And he he says, "I need a miracle." Yeah, is his word. So, how does Eden view this problem? Well, she she views it as uh, not ideal, but it is what got Simon to be honest with her. Yeah, it this is the. Uh, this is the unique factor that uh, that has that has led Simon to finally stop lying out of his own pride uh, and self sufficiency, and it's got him to be honest. It's it's caused him to be honest with her, and then she finally feels like, uh, well, it's good that we can now connect. Yeah. But now I need some space from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and and she sees this as a. You know, Simon's looking at this as a as a as an economic problem. Mm-hmm. Eden yeah. sees it more as a spiritual as problem, a, as a faith problem. It's a it's a faith problem, yeah, for sure. That and that's that's her that's the lens through which she sees this. She says that he has had his eyes closed, mm-hmm. and yeah. that that God is is with her even if Simon is not. Yes, right. And she asks Simon. In the midst of and and like this is an interesting question in the middle of in the middle of this incredible stress that Simon is under these very real problems right she says where is your faith mm. so is that a legitimate question of course of course it is and, right and for Simon I think the answer is obvious that his faith is in himself yeah. His faith is in his ability to yeah. try to solve the problem, to fix the situation, you know, however you want to say it. Yeah. His, and he, when he yeah. even says, he says, in response to that, he says, faith isn't going to get him more fish. Yeah. Faith isn't going to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How many 
times has that conversation played out in families and people today? Same, same thing. Same kind of thing. More than we like to admit. More than we like to admit. It's, I mean, it's happened with us, right? I'm, I, I, it's happened in my family. I'm sure it's happened with you, mm-hmm. right? We, um, life is hard. Life is just hard. We're going to talk. We're going to talk more about this as we get into this. But we find ourselves in desperate situations, often financial. Um, I, I have. We have. Um, you, you've heard me, dear listeners, you've heard me talk about it in one of my, one or more of, of the previous episodes we've talked about. Um, and you, you're at your wits end, you're doing everything you can. And, and then somebody says, where's your faith? And, and in that moment, it seems like the most ridiculous question in the world because we need fish, not faith. We need money in the bank. Faith isn't going to, you know, faith is this intangible superfluous kind of thing that's mm-hmm. nice to have but it doesn't put money in the bank yeah right like that's the that's the thing so um eden eden calls simon out he says she says you know before it was gambling now it's working on shabbat and trying to do everything yourself um she characterized simon as the popular simon fixing everything and charming everyone all by himself mm-hmm. and fishing on holy days without even thinking about about it with no respect for God. Yeah. Um, she tells him, I mean, she's just laying it, laying it down on him. Mm-hmm. She says, you've not pursued the Lord lately, not like, you're not like the man I married. And that is why she says, that's why you're feeling desperate and, and why you're off to try to fix it by yourself. Because you're not so. Let me let me say that again because I think there's something in there. Um, he's not been pursuing the Lord lately, not like the man she married, and that is why he's feeling desperate. So, in her lens, he's not feeling desperate because of circumstances. He's feeling desperate because he's not been pursuing the Lord. Right, mm-hmm. like those are different things. Mm-hmm. Right. Circumstances are beyond control, whereas what you do and the actions you make and the choices you make, that is within your control. Yeah, how you respond to the stress, yes. how you how yep. you deal with it, you know, those are those are those are spiritual things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it uh, and I'll say it takes a certain amount of spirituality to even recognize that, because a lot of a lot of people. Myself included in the past, you know, I, even in the present sometimes too, I like to, I like to blame circumstance for, uh, well, for anything bad that I might think happens or think might happen in the future. Yeah. I like to blame circumstance or for and, my, or, or for my, uh, my, um, I, I blame circumstance for, for when I'm feeling down or depressed or, or stressed or mm-hmm. right. Like it's always the circumstances that's, that's making me feel this way. Yeah. And, and the opposite and the opposite to that is, uh, is not owning what, what's going on inside, not owning the choices and the actions that are my responsibility or, yeah. or my responses, uh, to those situations. Cause yeah. that, that's what I can control and that's what I can own whenever I think about it. Yeah, uh, but it's it's just so easy to blame stuff on the outside. 
to, sure. to blame the stuff on the outside, uh, either circumstance or other people or, yeah. you know, or it's so easy to blame and, and get that off me. Yeah. And, and it changes who you are. It changes the way you, the, uh, the way you are, you know, there, there is a way I think God offers us to walk through this life and life is messy. Life is dirty. Life is, life is hard. It is frustrating. That's not, that's not going to change. It's not, it's not that when you become a Christian and you follow God and you trust him that all of a sudden you're on easy street and everything's going wonderful and you got plenty of money in the bank. Although some people, some very famous TV preachers will tell you that. Oh, oh, oh man. Yeah. I don't know if y'all could feel it, listeners, but the room just got two degrees hotter. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Yeah, that, but that's not what God promises, right? He promises that he's going to make us equal to the stresses and the frustrations and the circumstances that we can't control. Mm -hmm. Like he will enable us to, to walk through those in a way that doesn't wreck us. Yeah. Right. Simon doesn't get that yet. And he's mad and he's frustrated and Eden has not helped this as far as he's concerned. (laughs) So he, he leaves, um, Eden basically tells him, go, you just go. Maybe like, God. I, I need some space to myself. You need to go talk to God. Yeah, and, <laughs> she, and she says, maybe God can get your attention now yeah, since yeah. you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. And Simon walks outside and kicks a bucket, right? Because yeah. it's like, it's like the, the punching your fist through a wall, which yeah. they would not do because they had stone walls, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Although Simon, I don't know, Simon if he, might. If, if he yeah. came across a yeah. wall that was thin enough, he probably could. And, he, and, and right after he kicks the bucket out there, uh, metaphorically, that is. Yeah. Um, Andrew runs up and Andrew's all excited. Oh man. Just, he's like over the moon. He's coming out of his skin because Andrew says, he says, he says, he says, it's Simon. It's happened. We're saved. I saw him with my own eyes. The lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Who takes away. He who takes away the sin of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he said, John the baptizer pointed to the man who was walking and said he was the Messiah. Yeah. And, and Simon, like Simon is unmoved, like this is not helping him as far as he's concerned. He says, well, was he a big man, rich man? Was he a doctor? If not, he can't help me. Yeah. Yeah. So the only, the only way he can help is if he's big and powerful and strong, or maybe he's got medical talent so that he can heal me after the Romans beat the snot out of me. Yeah. Right. Or, or maybe even heal Ema. So she's not, yeah. however you can take that. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Yes, yes, right. And Simon says, I've lost everything. I've burned every bridge. So he is, he is descending into despair mm-hmm. in, in all this. And Andrew's news that now we've got a Messiah um, isn't helping. Um Andrew says that none of that matters now that the Messiah has arrived. Everything is possible, he says. And Simon is unmoved. Yeah. And so he leaves. And as he leaves, Andrew looks over and he sees Matthew standing a distance away watching him. And, um, you know. this It cracks me up. But it's almost like Matthew is not even trying to hide himself. No, he's not. Well, <laughs> and and I and I realize that that kind of plays into his character and into his uh, his fixation. We got, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the, his, his personality. If if he's you know he's portrayed in this as somebody with 
you know, Asperger's or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, which we've talked about. Um, social skills are not really his thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. He's brilliant, but social skills. Are, so, so he's not. He doesn't do the covert, uh, the covert op <laughs> yeah. kind of thing very well. Yeah. <laughs> and like when he when he knows that he's been spotted, he. He steps out even further into yeah. the line of sight. And yeah. it's, it's, it's very charming it for, is. for that character, and it's very endearing. It so, is. It yeah. really is. It really is. I love Matthew. I love his character. And I love... Matthew's going to get changed a little in this episode, too. A, a little. Yeah. A little. Yeah. Like, this is going to upend Matthew's world, mm-hmm. the, 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 what happens here. So, so Simon takes off, and, and he walks past Matthew, and their eyes meet. Of course, he knows Matthew, right? Matthew's a tax collector. Matthew's the one that... They, like, they've had they've their had altercation their, and... Their interaction, yeah. right. So he says to, to Matthew, you're, so you're following me now, huh? And Matthew says, well, it's a matter of accountability. Yeah. yeah. And Simon says, yeah, you're here to make sure Quintus knows where, where to go when it's time to hurt me. And Matthew says, well, yeah, I keep track of things. I do it well. Quintus knows I do it well. And, and then Simon smile, smiles at him and says... You're a little off, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost, almost like in a Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. Like, like in a Forrest Gump kind yeah, of way. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And, and, and Matthew says this, like this is, Matthew sees things, right? And Matthew says, no one listens to me, not like they do you. You have a singular talent. So he pays Simon a compliment. He says, you're... Like you're you're special. You you've got something. Simon says, "Well, that's something, at least you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Matthew just shakes. And then Simon's getting ready to go. You know, he says he's going to go fishing. And and Matthew says, "Variables. People are always adding variables." And then he says, and then he says this. Like this is like this is putting the screws. He says, "Would it change anything to know you only had until sunup?" So now. You know, he had a week. Now he's got one day. Mm-hmm. So the time is starting to spin much faster. Yeah. And and Simon is, like, he's almost undone, I think, by this. He says, sun up. He said, Shabbat's not for three days. In other words, I can't, I can't turn anybody in for fishing on Shabbat for three days because Shabbat's not for three days. Mm-hmm. And Matthew says, Quintus is convinced you've double-crossed him. So he's coming. And Simon thinks about it for a second and says, well, I'm still going fishing. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down doing what God made me to do, mm-hmm. which I think is a little more foreshadowing, right? Yeah. What did God make him to do? Be a fisherman. Yeah. And how did he, historically, not right. not in this series, how does he go down? Y- yes, yes. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, because tradition says... Simon was crucified mm-hmm. upside down yeah. by the Romans. And the, the, uh, it's tradition, so you know, we, don't, we don't know that it happened, but it's a very old tradition, and so it's, right, it's right. very likely. Um, he was crucified, and he asked to be crucified upside down because, according to tradition, he said, I'm, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as my Lord. Yeah. So if all that's true... And it may be. Simon didn't have any fear of the Romans then. But here, he's terrified. Yeah. Right? So something changed 
Simon. And yeah. we, we know we know what it was. That's right. right? We do. So but he tears off and says, tell your boss, says to Matthew, tell your boss he can come get me off the water. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even though he is still deathly afraid, fearfully afraid, he's still, for whatever reason, he still feels compelled that the only thing he can do is to go out and fish. What he says, what God made me to do. And and in that I can I can hear a little bit of a surrender, but not really. It's it's, yeah. it's like it has the the facade of surrendering, but really deep down he's he's still doing it out of his own, um, not volition, but he's still doing it out of his own impetus to be self sufficient, to solve the problem. Yeah, himself. and and it, and it's it's not altogether. It's not altogether bad. I mean, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's realized he's like I can't do anything. He's at least come to grips with that. The only thing I can do is go fishing. So I'm going to go fish. I'm going to do the only thing I can do, which is not a not a horrible strategy, right? Yeah. yeah. What can you do? Most of the time, we spin our wheels trying to figure out how to do things that we really can't do. Yeah. You know, I say all the time that the stress is always caused. By us trying to control something we can't control, yeah, like that is that yeah. is how that is stress. That yeah. is what stress is. It 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 is trying to control something you can't control, right? At least Simon's, he's got some focus now. You know, I the only thing I can do is go fish, and so I'm going to fish. And if that's not enough, that's not enough. There's, he's resigned himself to. This is what I can do. This is what I'm going to do. If it doesn't work out. I doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's at least a, a little step, I think, in the right direction, right? So we go to the next scene, and we're back with Nicodemus. And he and his wife are, are eating supper mm-hmm. in their house. And she's talking about, you know, the way his wife is portrayed, she is kind of a shallow person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, she's talking about how wonderful this trip has been. You know, they're, they're in Capernaum. They've traveled... He's doing research in Capernaum. They're from Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. And um, she's been talking, she talks about how wonderful this trip has been and how there will likely be new opportunities for success uh, or new opportunities based on their success that they've had in Capernaum. Like this is a, this is a stepping stone to bigger and better things. Right. Like that's her, that's the way she views this. Like, is this going to get us someplace? I, yeah. You know, she's Climbing the socio socioeconomic ladder, like that's her thing, you know, um, which is kind of shallow, yeah. right? Well, Nicodemus wants to stay. She's eager to get back to Jerusalem. Nicodemus wants to stay another month, and she says, "But well, you know, you can finish your research there." And we and and, and Nicodemus says, "It's decided. We're, <laughs> we're staying here." Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a knock at the door, and it is one of the religious leaders. Um, Telling Nemus, telling Nicodemus, that the Romans are taking John the Baptizer into into custody, mm-hmm. and the big, the big reveal in all this is what. Who, who how did they get John the Baptist? Oh, I missed, our, I must miss that part. Our old friend Shemuel has oh, turned okay. him in. Oh yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, I could have um, guessed that. <laughs> yeah, Shemuel. Yeah. He he thinks Shemuel may have given the Romans John's location. And Nicodemus doesn't like that because he said he says 
we do not lightly turn over Jews to the Romans. Yeah. And then he asked, well, did the Sanhedrin order this? Because, you know, if they did it, well, that's okay. And and this this guy, I don't think we're ever given his name. Uh, Yusuf. Yusuf? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yusuf says, no, the Sanhedrin has not ordered this. So Nicodemus wants to question John the baptizer himself. Mm-hmm. And he tells him, he says, I will discuss this with Shemuel myself. So, so Nicodemus wants to have a conversation with Shemuel about this. Put, right? the, put that boy in his place. Yeah, I don't. He's a former student. Or do, we're, we're told that later, aren't we? Uh, that, I don't remember. Okay. Don't it, remember. it might be, it might even be next episode. Maybe, maybe. We'll find out. Maybe. But again. Stay tuned, dear listeners. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like Shemuel. Yeah. He's yeah. a, he's a troublemaker. He's a self-righteous, arrogant troublemaker. <laughs> Such language. I have known some people like that <laughs> in my in my life. Mm-hmm. So so we're okay. We're back with Simon now, and things are things are building now. Simon goes fishing, and there's a there's a the the scene is a is a kind of a lengthy scene. He's he's out there in the boat, and he's throwing the net over, and he's pulling it back in, and he's throwing the net over, and he's pulling it back in again and again and again. Matthew is on shore watching. You know, you can see it says the sun's starting to go down. Mm-hmm. And Simon is wearing himself out. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, this is not relaxing fishing where you, you know, have your rod and reel and you cast out and you, you know, where you're just peaceful. This is work. Yeah. Like the way they're doing it, this is work. He's, he's, right? he's fishing for his life. For, literally. Yeah. 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 And he is, he is desperately trying everything he can do to catch fish. And that's the key word, desperately. He is, yeah. he is a desperate desperate man and as the scene moves on you can see simon just getting more and more frantic um you know flinging that net over and Mm -hmm. and jerking it back in and just as fast as he can trying to you know desperate desperate hopeless and then and then in a in a moment of abject desperation he just screams just stands there on the boat screaming and Matthew, yeah. Matthew hears the, you know, he's on shore and he hears the scream because it's getting dark now. He hears the scream and he, and he turns to his dog who's right there with him and he tells the dog that um, people bark too sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Simon starts, um, I don't want to say he's cursing God out there, but he's, he's, t- he's talking to God and it's, it's, he's not being terribly flattering, right? Yeah. Um, he, he quotes Genesis 26, 4, which says, I will make your descendants as many as the stars in the heavens, you know. So he quotes that, and then he says, and then what? Only to let Egypt enslave us for, for generations? You bring us out of Egypt, part the Red Sea, only to let, uh, let us wander in the wilderness for 40, 40 years? Mm-hmm. And then you bring us into the land, only to exile us in Babylon. And then you bring us back from there, only to be crushed by the Romans. Right, so mm-hmm. in his, like he's he's reciting history. Yeah. Right. Is he? Has he said anything that's untrue? Not yet. Not yet. Mm-mm. Right. That 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 is one way to view Israel's history with God. Yeah. Like there's more to it, but that's that's one. You know, he's pulling out the facts, and this that's one way to see it. Mm-hmm. And and then he and then he says to God, "You are the God I've served so faithfully my entire life. You're the God I'm supposed to thank. And yet, you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you enjoy yanking us around like goats, 
and can't decide whether we're chosen or not. Mm. So what is Simon's view of being chosen? Oh, right now it's not very favorable. Well, what like what should it look like? If you're if you're cho- oh, if you're it, chosen, if you're one of God's chosen people, like what should that look like? Oh, it, it in should, Simon's view. It should look like a life of ease, a life of uh, you know, no no financial troubles, no no oppressors, no no outside occupants exerting force over God's chosen people, you know, whether it's the Egyptians, the Babylon the Babylonians, the um, the Romans, like we're like we're mm-hmm. dealing with now in this series, uh, they should be a free people, free to uh, live the way live in the way that God wants them to live without the oppressors uh, breathing down their neck. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, maybe not financial wealth, but financial stability. Yeah. Uh, a chicken in every pot. Yeah. A, a stimulus check from the government when you need it. <laughs> oh, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> There goes that. There goes that temperature again. <laughs> no, but I, he like he thinks like we should be. We should be somewhat. We should be prosperous. You know, we, like we should be. We should be at peace. We should be. You know, they all the, the Jews always look back to the time of David. Mm. You know, when David was king, and Israel was the number one nation in the world. Right, yep. they were the wealthiest. They were the most powerful. They, you know. That's that's the time they always look back to those those halcyon days of halcyon yore. days of yore. Yeah, yes. yeah. And and again, like there's this is such a real story because how many times do we feel that way when we're how many times do we turn to God and say, you know, God, I'm I'm a I'm a Christian. You know, I shouldn't be experiencing this this kind of trouble. Every you know, this should be. We we sort of expect. I think if we're honest. We sort of expect that if we're if we're following God, things ought to turn up. Things ought to turn out easy, mm-hmm. or maybe easy is not the best word. But life ought to be good, you know, reasonably good for us. Yeah. Um, and Simon's Simon's that way, right? Well, about this time, a, another boat pulls up right next to him, and it's Zebedee mm-hmm. and his sons, along with Andrew, yeah. Simon's brother. Um, and Zebedee says, "This is such a fisherman kind of thing to say, right? Like this is, this is the way fishermen talk to each other." Zebedee pulls up and says, "I heard you needed a real fisherman." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently Eden has asked them for help, asked them to 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 help Simon. Simon tells us that that Quintus is coming to get him first thing in the morning. And Zebedee says, Well, let's fish. And so they all start working. So mm-hmm. you've got you've got Simon, you've got Andrew, you've got um, Zebedee, you've got James and John. They're they're all out there, all five of them working hard now. Yeah. Fishing for all they're worth. It's almost as if God was answering Simon's prayer in a way that Simon didn't even recognize. Um, yeah. at, least, at least partially right now. Y- yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's a there's a bigger thing going on here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, like I think it, uh, boy, I think it's helpful to kind of break this down a little bit because at that moment, at that moment in Simon's life, he's got all this help. Zebedee has come alongside him now. They're they're working together. They're they're kind of partners in this. We will help you try to get out of this mess. And it doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
Now we know this. We know the story. Like we know how how it's about to end. Yeah. And God did too. Well, I want to hold off on that for a minute. So they're fishing. They're working real hard. Andrew wants to talk about the Messiah again in the yeah. boat. Yeah. Simon is not interested at all. And he, he says, again, he says, we don't need a lamb. We need a fish. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, morning comes. Still no fish. Everyone is exhausted. Even Matthew, who's on the shore, is asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Simon knows his time has come. He gives up, decides to head on in. He's, he's resigned himself to his fate. And so they start rowing the boats into shore. And they, they, somebody looks up and there's a, they see a, a crowd gathered on shore. Mm-hmm. They all think it's the Romans uh, just waiting for Simon to come in. In reality, it's not, right? It's Jesus. That's right. Yeshua, standing uh, there teaching a crowd. Zebedee says he'll ride in with Simon. Um, Simon tells Andrew to make sure Eden is safe. Um, and then they, um, John says, James or John, uh, as they get a little closer, they say, well, hey, those aren't, those aren't soldiers. And Simon's a little happy at that because he says, maybe, I'm, maybe I'll have time to see Eden before they come and take me away. Right, right. right. A, few, a couple more hours of freedom. A couple more hours of freedom before he has to face the music. Mm-hmm. And they get a little closer, and Andrew can see, hey, that's that's Jesus. And so he says, Simon, Simon, it's him. It's him. Simon still doesn't care, right? Yeah. But they get to shore, and they pull up right right beside Jesus, and Jesus turns around and he asks Simon for a favor. Now, we all know the story. This is, this is Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11. You can mm-hmm. read it there. We're... Probably most of us are familiar with the story. He's teaching people. They can't hear him. He asks Simon, can I stand up in your boat and get a little elevation? Maybe the sound will carry a little better and people can people can hear me. Andrew, so he asks Simon, because it's Simon's boat. Andrew answers, says, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Simon says he has to go. Simon, you know, I got to go. Jesus, and Jesus says, stay a few moments longer. And, and then he says, I have something for you. Simon says he's in a hurry. Jesus says, yes, I know. Just allow me a few moments. Andrew says to Simon, please, trust me as I've trusted you. This man is the Messiah. Simon sighs and he agrees. So Jesus talks about the, the, this parable, tells this parable about fishing, right? And again, you can, you can read that. And then after, he tell, after he's done, he tells the crowd, that's all I got for today. Uh, but I have some business to attend to with with my new friend, and then he turns around and tells Jesus or tells Simon to put the net down for a catch uh, a little bit further out. <laughs> Simon's not into this, right? Mm-hmm. He says, "I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. I'm not, like I'm not against you. I'm not your enemy here. But we've been doing this all night." And he doesn't say it, but you know, I mean, we're we're expert fishermen. Like we know how to do this, yeah, right? Yeah. And we've got nothing. But they look at each other, and finally Simon says, all right, at your word. So Simon throws out the net, and he, like, it looks like he's not trying very hard, because right? yeah. he didn't expect anything. And then he, and he throws the net out, and he stops and looks at Jesus, and then all of a sudden, the boat lurches hard to one side. Mm-hmm. And like Peter knows, like there's fish in this net, 
and he starts calling for help, grabs the net, starts tugging. Zebedee and the boys come running. Mm-hmm. And there's some, by the way, when you watch this scene, they have they got some cool music going on when they're like all of a sudden good things are happening and there's a there's some kind of neat it's like a it's like a ticking but it's like a happy ticking uh, yeah like like, I, a, like I, a clacking I almost so, feel like it's a little bit almost like reggae uh, reggae beat to it a little bit I can see that yeah. yeah yeah anyway it's 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 like the music is a good ad like when they whoever wrote the score for this like that that music right there fits yeah nicely yeah. um and they are they are pulling for for all that they're worth, mm-hmm. and they lift an, an enormous catch into the boat. An enormous catch of a well, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me, let me just throw that in right here. So there's a video on the Chosen's website, and we're going to put a link in the show notes. If you watch this episode, you have to watch that video. Yeah. Right. Every every video we've linked to. Um, in, in talking about this series so far is really good and you should watch them. This one you really need to watch. Yeah. For two reasons. One, the, they discuss the technical problems of, of filming the scene and the fish, you know, making making the fish. Those fish are all CG fish. Yeah. And the way that they, the way that they came about this, it was a powerful amount of work and it was, it was just a few days away from, from filming this and, they didn't have it figured out how they were going to do it, and yeah. they were they were nervous. Like the the cool thing, that as you hear Dallas Jenkins and the and the and the crew talk about filming this, you see the same sort of desperation that you see in Peter. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out how to solve this problem because they wanted this scene. This was supposed to be a really big scene in the in the in this season. This was one of the main scenes. This is one of the big scenes yeah. that they wanted to include in this season. And they were trying to figure out how to do it. And they knew they had to get it right. And so they were working for all their worth and it wasn't coming together. It wasn't coming together. And the and the desperation they started to feel as the clock was ticking, mm-hmm. like it's the same kind of thing that's going on in Peter, which makes this doubly cool, I think. So So back to the scene. They're they're pulling for all their all their might, pulling this monster catch into the boat, and then the camera shifts and shows Jesus, and I absolutely love Jesus' face when he watches them pull in this this catch. Jesus is sitting sitting there, standing there, grinning from ear to ear and kind of chuckling. Mm-hmm. That is so cool, like. It, isn't it neat to think about God giving giving us at times such a great gift and watching us react to it in utter astonishment and like what joy that must bring yeah. to him to do that. And they, they capture that so beautifully in Jesus' face as, as this all pulls together. Um, what must it have been like for Jesus to watch his people struggling to comprehend a gift like that yeah right what a what a treat what a treat for the giver you you got, you got something to say i just i just want to say he was so happy to give them a giant green burrito <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you got to watch the you got to watch the, um, the 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 
behind the scenes video to, to catch to, that. To un- understand what the green understand burrito what the is. green burrito is. Yeah. 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 You really got to. Yeah. So Matthew is watching all this from sure. You know, I mean, he's, he's at shore and well, they're on shore too, or just, just out a little bit and it, it's daylight. So he can see the whole thing mm-hmm. and he is, he is flabbergasted because Matthew, you know, Matthew's got a little calculator going on in his head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he knows how much Simon is in debt. Like he knows, like he knows how much it would take to do this. He knows what, he probably knows to the penny what one fish is, is worth, mm-hmm. right, on the open market. And he is flabbergasted at this. And then they then they pan back to Jesus. And Jesus is still standing there grinning <laughs> yeah. again, right? Yeah. Um, just, just neat, neat stuff, neat stuff. They get they finally get the fish into the boat and Simon like Simon is undone at this point. He jumps out of the boat, falls on his knees before Jesus, and he says, and this is where, you know, we read this story in, in Luke 5, and we and we hear we hear Peter's words. You know, he says, Depart from me, for I'm a sinner. Yeah. Right? He says that to Jesus. The thing about the thing about reading it is you don't get the voice inflection, you don't yeah. get the, like, you, you don't get the emotion, right? Um, that's one of the things you, we have to watch, I think, when we read scripture sometimes, is, is sometimes it's so easy to just read it as, you know, people sort of talking, having these conversations, monotone and, and unemotional, and it wouldn't have been anything like that, Yeah. right? That's why I think something like The Chosen is so powerful because it helps us not just read the words, but feel the words, Feel the humanity behind the words. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So Simon, you know, he's he falls on his on his knees before Jesus, and he and and he's crying, you know. And you can, through the sobs, he he says, "My brother and the baptizer say that you're the Lamb of God." Yes, and he, and he's crying as he says this, just bawling almost. And Jesus Jesus says, "Yes, I am." And he says, depart from me, I'm, I'm a sinful man. And he's, he's just crying as he does this. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. He is, Simon is wrecked by this. Yeah. And it all pours out. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, Simon. Simon says, I'm sorry, we've, we've waited for so long. And Jesus says, lift up your head, fisherman. And Peter looks up and he says, what do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. And Jesus says, follow me. Mm-hmm. Now, so talk to the, like you didn't know I was going to ask this. So you get, <laughs> you get a little, I'm putting you on the spot here. The, the, the power of that request, follow me. I'll do anything you want. What I most want is for you to follow me. What's so? What's wrapped up in that, in that request? Do you think? Uh, one thing that I immediately think of is that Simon, who has in in his in his ability and in his in his capability to be crafty and be be a schemer, he's used to knowing uh, when the tide is in his favor to use a phrase. Mm. Uh, he's used to knowing when 
uh, when it's a good bet or when it's not a good bet, whatever the bet may be. Uh, he's used to ha- having some kind of inside knowledge. With this moment right he's a, here, he's like a, he's like a bookie who has the has the odds yeah, all figured yeah, out. Yeah, he he knows the odds. Yeah, in this in this moment, he doesn't know the odds because he's just met Jesus for the first time. Uh, he hasn't been won over, uh, not in the capacity. I'll say this: not in the capacity that he may perceive John the Baptizer has been, you know, quote won over, or even his own brother Andrew. But what he does know is that when this man said, put your fish, put your net in the water, after he had been fishing all night, after he had been grinding his gears all night, he, uh, he for some reason, he trusts in his brother Andrew the way his brother Andrew trusted in him. That I think that's what ultimately convinces him to drop his net in the water. And when he does that on this strange man's request... He receives the the answer to his prayer yeah. in the way that he can understand it. Mm-hmm. He may not have understood. Uh, and here's the thing: I think I think God's been answering Peter's. I, I did it. You did it. He's been answering Simon's prayers <laughs> through this whole episode, uh, whether it's through Eden, whether it's through uh, even in the very beginning yeah. when um, he he picks up Zebedee's bobber. And he tries to find a way to not turn his friend in just yet, or you know something to stave off the Romans. Uh, you know, God. You know, I, I see that as God reminding him of the sandbar. With Eden, it's God reminding Simon that he has a family that will love him if he is honest with them. Not not even if he's honest with them, but especially when he's honest with them. Yeah, he's got friends who will take care of him. And for some reason, Simon can't see all that because he's so wrapped up in himself. Yeah. And it's not until he finally meets Jesus and, uh, the, the miracle of the green burrito happens that he finally recognizes, uh, I don't know all the answers, but I know someone who does. Yeah. And I can, put my faith into him yeah. to, to carry me out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, uh, it's a very powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in all, in all honesty, Simon has no idea what this, what follow me means. Mm-hmm. Like he had no idea what's in store, what, what, what that means. He probably assumes it's sort of like, okay, you're a rabbi. I'll, I'll go to school with you and you can teach me. We'll sit around in a circle and you can teach and I'll study and we'll, you know, he, he probably probably thinks that. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe so. Maybe he thinks as the Messiah that, that uh, Jesus is going to lead this military um, effort that they they sort of all kind of expected the Messiah to do and, to overturn and, the okay, Romans. I'll be and... one of your generals. Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be on board with all that. Yeah, but he really has no idea, you know. But of course, Jesus, you know, what is it? What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means I'm going to let you change me. I'm going to I'm going to be the person you want me to be. I'm going to let you lead me. You are my Lord now, as well as my Savior. Yeah, and those two are not the same thing, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people want Jesus to be their Savior, but aren't too sure about Lord, the Lord part, right? Ooh, ooh Ron. Ron, yeah, that's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, so Jesus says, follow me. You know, that's what I want. Simon says, and he doesn't even hesitate. He says, I will. And then Jesus looks at James and John and says, you, you too, follow me. You as mm-hmm. well. 
Well, Zebedee says he's going to take, he'll take the fish to market. He'll settle up Simon's debt. He'll handle all this, right? Um, and James and John ask their father, well, what are you going to tell Ema, their mother, yeah. about this? Like, what are you going to say to them? And Zebedee laughs. He says, you've just been called by the man who we prayed for all our lives, and you asked me that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In other words, your mother's going to be thrilled with yeah. this. And then Jesus says to, to them, he says, fish are nothing. Fish are nothing. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Do you understand the parable I told earlier? And he refers to that. And he says, from now on, I will make you fishers of men. And you're to gather as many of the, as possible, all kinds. And I'll sort them out later. I'll sort them out later. Yeah. Yeah. So the last little scene, and there's just a little snippet, right? But mm -hmm. it picks up on that subplot. Nicodemus <clears throat> walks into the cell where John the baptizer is. And he says, uh, and 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 he and he's very tentative and very nervous and very scared as he walks in there. And John John watches him, and he, and John says, "You're supposed to be the powerful one, yet you're more frightened here than I am." Yeah. And Nicodemus says, "Are you the one they call John the Baptizer?" And John stands up and says, "Yep." And Nicodemus says, "I have questions for you about miracles." And that's how that's how the episode ends. Mm -hmm. So. So he, we're going to see the, this conversation play out. But what he wants to know, because Nicodemus is still stewing over this miracle thing mm -hmm. with Mary, and why, not not even so much why he could he couldn't cast the demons out of her, but why somebody else could, mm -hmm. and what's going on with all this. Okay, so um, one of the things I want to talk about real quick as we as we sort of bring this to an end. What was it that changed Simon's heart in all this? From, from where we saw him all the way through this episode to where he is at the end. What, what was, I mean, the easy answer is, well, oh, the miracle. Yeah. But let's go a little deeper. Than that. Like, so what, what changed? What, 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 what was it that changed this for him, do you think? I would say... I would say the biggest, if you want to call it like a jolt to to Simon as we know him, I think the biggest jolt was when Eden confronted him, at least in this episode. Um, because, you know, <clears throat> you know her, her words specifically say, you know, at least now you were honest with me. And if... You know, if even if being wrapped up in his uh, self sufficiency, his pride, his uh, his sense of I can do this by myself, uh, that's that's kind of a form of a deception, or at least some kind of self deception. Uh, and yeah, self deception, I think, is is a good. Yeah, 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 and and when he has this conversation with Eden, she is able to to frame it for him and say, well, at least now you're honest. Maybe now, God can, uh, whatever. What, what did she say? Maybe now you can you can find God. Maybe, now. maybe God can work on you now, or yeah, so, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, she sees it as a she sees it very much as a, a spiritual thing, and she calls Simon back to to, to that. Right. Mm -hmm. like, this is not. These problems are real, but this is not just a. This is not something you've got to solve on your own. Yeah. This you have forgotten that God is in this with you 
you've you've turned your back on him. You're like you're not even taking him into account. And of course, Simon's deal was in his mind, God's not involved in any of this, right? He, I mean, the 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 sort of prayer, if we want to call it that, he prayed in the boat is, you know, you 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 bring us back into the land, you, you then you send us into exile, you bring us back from that, and now you let the Romans oppress us. Like you're you're not involved as we would want you to be involved. Like mm-hmm. that's sort of, he doesn't say that, but that's kind of his his accusation. There's the word. But then he finds out with his, with his miracle, God is involved. Yeah. Like, right? I, like I, I think, I think that's the, I think that's, that's the thing. Like he's, he experiences God in a way that says, "You are there. Yeah, you you are involved. You do care about these little things. Like you do care about my life. You know, sometimes we think God just cares about these big, these big, um, you know, big level things. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll see that. I don't remember if it's next week." In the the turning water to the to wine, right? We're going to see that God cares about the little things too. That's a relatively little thing. The, the water to wine incident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, something that this makes me think of is the uh, the difference between belonging and mattering. Uh, in that, Simon Simon knows that he. I, I think I think we can safely say that his his struggle isn't to figure out whether or not he belongs where he belongs because he you know I think he's very content he he's not as content as he could be with his life right but he's he's got a wife he's got a job that he feels he is doing a job that he feels that he is designed to do uh, that God that he believes God made him to do right uh, so he he has this. He, we all have the need to belong, and uh, you know Simon's no different. And he, and, I, and I think he he realizes that, that 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 need is met, but the need to matter. Uh, think think of it like this way: uh, belonging is being accepted for the ninety nine percent of who you are, as in you're ninety nine percent like everyone else, uh, equally loved by God, equally loved by your family and friends. Mattering, on the other hand, is that one percent that makes you unique. Hmm. And in this in this moment in the boat, uh, when he's accusing God, uh, dare I say, very satanically, <laughs> uh, you know, get behind me, accuser, get behind yeah. me, Satan. Yeah, uh, he's accusing God of of all these things, and he's he's cloaking it under the guise of. You know, you've done this to my people. You've done this to our history. You've done this throughout our history. But deep down, he feels like he himself personally does not matter. He, yeah, and it's yeah, rough for him. It's rough for him to cope with. He's been shattered, or not shattered. He's been um, he's been shafted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a danger. Uh, if we're going to follow God, there's there's this danger in in believing that we have got God all figured out and that God is always going to act in predictable ways. I think that's our, that's our big struggle. Yeah. Like uh, we, 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 
Simon felt that way, you know, as he looked back through Israel's history. Like, if, if we're your chosen people, this is what it should mean, right? Right, right. You know, everything's going to be rosy all the time, right? And, and, and we've, got this, we've got these ideas all the time. Well, if you love us, here's what love looks like. And we get to define that, right? You're always going to save me from hurt. I'm never, I'm never going to experience pain. I'm never going to experience difficulty. Um, I'm never going to lose a child or a loved one or mm-hmm. right, right. We've got all these, all these things that we cook up and um, put into the script that we write about how God should act. And there's real danger in, in that, in, in thinking that we've got God all mapped out and, and that he's always going to be predictable. Simon sort of felt like God was on vacation. Yeah. Because if he wasn't, obviously, according to Simon, Israel would be on top and mm-hmm. not under the not under the Romans. Yeah. As as followers of Jesus, I think we we've got to learn we've got to learn to be comfortable with not knowing everything. Yeah. Not having the script before us, right? God is God is going to occasionally surprise us or disappoint us. Yeah. Because because he does not move or act always in the way in the way that we think he should. And and we've got to we've got to learn to to get comfortable with that because it's not it's not always about it's very rarely about I think getting the kind of outcome that we think we need which we are so addicted to yeah. in, in our spiritual lives we've 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 always got a a picture of what we think whatever situation we're facing needs to look like in order to be rectified properly right right and it often in my experience it often doesn't doesn't turn out that way. But if we allow God to be involved and we wait for Him, it often turns out better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what we've got to learn is that it's it's not about outcome. It's about peace and trust. Right. Yeah. Um, in, in the video about how they filmed the the fish scene and their struggles, you know, we we talked about their struggles and desperation mirror Peter's in this. Dallas Jenkins says, when he like he got to the end of his rope and he realized I can't, I personally can't fix any of this, right? I have to trust some other people, and so he says, I'm just going to trust because I have no other choice. Which is usually when we finally decide we'll trust is when we have no other options, yeah. right? Yeah. And he and he said, he said God put me into this position where I could not rely on my own intelligence, so I was powerless. It's a scary place to be when you're powerless. But like every other place in this journey, he says, I had to abide. And he says, at the end, when he saw how all this worked out, he says, God provided a solution that was way better than the plans that we had. The main, the main theme of the chosen, he says, is that Jesus makes us what we're not. And, and, and as you listen to them talk about how they filmed this and everything, he says, that's what's happening on this show as we make it. Yeah. So they're telling the story, but it's also like they're, they're learning this and living this as they, as they film it. And I think that's, boy, that is, that's the way we all, that's what we all, we all need to learn how to live that way. Yeah. To, to not try to just control everything in our lives, 
but to realize that God is involved and he wants to be involved. And sometimes we need to wait, but we always need to trust. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll join us again next week. As always, we'd appreciate it if you tell others about the podcast. If you enjoy this show, uh, please subscribe and rate us and review us on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher. And now also on Amazon Music. Hey, there you there go. There I got it right. Uh, please visit us on our Facebook group for the Jesus Society podcast. Um, and if there's anything you want us to talk about um, regarding The Chosen, we still have about four episodes left, I think. Um, please drop your questions there and we, we will try to, to uh, talk about those. Um, also check out our website, thejesussociety.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, you are greatly loved.